Hello and welcome to the 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility Radio Show. Each episode, Lynn and Mustachio will explore continuums of meaning, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? So sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings. Today is Tuesday, May 8th, 2018. Mustachio and I are recording in restful Roseville. We have taken some time off over the last month. Generally, March and April are two of our busiest months for producing content, organizing files, creating new products. This is a big push time for 3H2Humans, as is the case often. (laughs) The universe had other plans, and instead of having a three-year anniversary extravaganza, we had a three-year anniversary resting time. I've caught up on sleep, ideally. I like to be in bed by 8 p.m. and up by 4.30 in the morning. Over the last month, I've been going to bed more around nine o'clock and waking up around six. So I'm a bit more on a normal people schedule. (laughs) And it's been a bit refreshing to sleep in and just lay in bed and relax instead of wake up, jump out of bed, take a shower and start the day before five. This pattern will likely continue for another week or so. And then Mustachio and I will be on the road We will be in Southern California for the end of May and perhaps the beginning of June. So that chunk of time. For today, we have Season 3, Episode 8. Brian chats about mystery mind seed posters. The listener challenge, number 40, is help a fellow human. For this week... Help a friend, acquaintance, loved one, or even a stranger. Examine others within a present moment reality and ask, how can I help this person? Actions can be as simple as opening a door for someone with their hands full or more in depth, such as offering feedback on a creative project. View the environment through another's eyes. Be a 3H2 human and help a fellow human today. So this listener challenge came about during the upcoming recording with Brian. He was helping a friend. (laughs) I've wanted to do a series of these Mystery Mind Seed poster episodes. And he was willing to go on an adventure with me and help a friend. In modern times, it seems many people trip over their own feet and have a difficult time being within a present moment with somebody else. In modern times, to help a friend is often more difficult than in the past when life was a bit more simple. Nowadays, 
people have full plates, which is a strange dynamic given that technology was intended to simplify life. In many ways, technological advances have complicated present moment awareness. They have simplified other aspects, but present moment awareness is a rare commodity. That's what this week's listener challenge is about. Being in the present moment with someone and recognizing what their needs are and how to help. Many of the listener challenges are the opposite. They focus on one's own needs and looking inward. This one is looking outward. And once something is noticed, to act. And it feels good. There's a deep sense of gratification that comes along with helping a friend. So that is listener challenge number 40, help a fellow human. For the Thoughtseed business, Zest Kitchen in Rockland, that's a neighboring city to Roseville. Zest is a vegan cafe with delicious cheesecake and a healthy prana bowl. I've recently dabbled in a vegan diet. I've cut out processed foods and animal products, as well as fried foods and soy as much as possible. It's <laughs> it's strange. It seems that there wouldn't be that much food to eat, but there is. And Zest Kitchen has an abundance of fresh, healthy, vegan, soy-free food. My favorite is the prana bowl without red peppers and add extra kale. It's kind of like a, a soup bowl. Also, the green tea cheesecake is delicious. In the upcoming episode, Brian and I talk about Zest Kitchen and how he was the food runner for me. I had not been there until after the episode was recorded. And when I went there, I ordered four slices of cheesecake to bring to a barbecue. Some of the folks at the barbecue have dairy intolerances. So I figured that would be a great alternative for people who minimize animal products. When I received the cheesecakes, I thought it was weird that they smelled like vinegar. And I thought, okay, well, I usually get them sometime after. So maybe it's an apple cider vinegar mix with sugar. And then once it cools, the smell goes away and it's normal. That did not happen. <laughs> As it turns out, instead of the honey glaze, the folks at Zest put honey mustard dressing on top of the cheesecakes. So I called and spoke with Caitlin, who was very helpful and friendly, explained to me that sometimes it happens and that she would be happy to replace the cheesecakes and likely offer some sort of free item for the inconvenience. So rushing around before the barbecue, we drove there. It's about 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back, 15 minutes. So it, it was almost an hour 
out of our time because of this oopsie. And the folks there did not seem apologetic. It was more of, oh, this happens. And I'm pretty sure the person who put the honey mustard dressing on the cheesecake was the same person who put the honey glaze on the cheesecakes the second time and didn't even say anything about it. <laughs> and he seemed very distant and and he was wearing a like a beanie with his hair in his face and just looked like he hadn't showered in a while and I thought, wow, this this person is making the food and accidentally put vinegar dressing on a cheesecake, didn't notice, didn't say anything about it, and doesn't really seem to care about a whole lot. <laughs> and that sucked. Because <laughs> Zest was my little oasis. When Brian went there to pick up the food, it was like this magical place in my mind of delicious vegan food. But once I went there, the magic disappeared. It was... <sighs> it sucked. <laughs> and I understand that things happen. I've worked in the restaurant industry. I started as a dishwasher, then went to a server, and then a bartender. So I'm familiar with many stages of a restaurant. And things happen. I made mistakes. There was one giant table of 12 people and I forgot to put in like four of the orders. And I about had a panic attack and apologized and gave extra service and it hit me hard to have an error in a business that thrives in customer service. And I did not feel as though that person really cared at all and I had a feeling there was a lack of learning. Mistakes and failures and oopsies can be huge learning lessons if people want to learn from them. And I didn't get that feeling. So as much as I love the food, especially the pronable and the cheesecake, I've lost my appetite for zest. I feel that what other whoopsies are happening that I don't know about? I, so, and this is just my experience. I also feel like it was in part because I went there. If I would have just let Brian be the runner, that probably wouldn't have happened. People do weird things around me. <laughs> it's really strange. I hear the words, this never happens frequently. And I imagine people can go and have a wonderful customer service experience and receive cheesecake with honey instead of honey mustard. <laughs> but for me, I don't think I'll be going back there for a while. If the person who had the whoopsie was a bit more apologetic and seemed to have a bit better hygiene, then I think I would have been able to just shrug it off and move on. But because I feel like there's a lack of learning and growth, to me, that's a sign that it's probably not a good fit for me. So I am on the hunt for another vegan restaurant in the Roseville area. If anyone has suggestions, please let me know. That would be great. 
And also on a side note, they didn't offer me a free entree or an extra piece of cheesecake or something. It was kind of, oh, that happens. We'll make a new one. So Mustachio points out, it, I received the last piece of cheesecake, which was just a crumbly mess. And I guess it was more than a slice. I don't know. It just looked like a bunch of crumbles. It was, <sighs> yeah. But Zest Kitchen in Rockland, it has promise. If they hired a manager, I think that would help or if the owner was perhaps a bit more hands-on. I don't know, but the business model has promise, but it's lack of customer service is the reason why I personally won't be going back in the near future. The next thought seed is business. The company is PetSafe, and the item is Busy Buddy Barnacle. This is Yeti's favorite dog toy. It has multiple uses and lasted through the test of time. The barnacle kind of does look like a sea barnacle. It's got one big chamber, a medium chamber, and a smaller one that treats can go inside. Uh, also in the upcoming episode, Brian points out that there's little rivets that Yeti's teeth sink into. So it's almost as though he's not able to rip it to pieces. <laughs> the majority of toys we buy only last a handful of minutes. If it lasts over 10 minutes, then I become surprised. The barnacle has lasted over a year. And during that year, it's flawless. There's no tears or holes in it. He uses it as like a ball. We play fetch with it. We put treats in it. We play the chase game. It's a wonderful dog toy. And it's big enough to where he's not gonna swallow it. So he can chew it. I can feel comfortable that he can be unattended with the barnacle. And also, it comes in various sizes. Yeti is about a 100-pound German Shepherd. And we also gave a barnacle to Buster, who is a 20-pound, 20 25-pound little French Bulldog. And it works great for both pets. So if there is a need for a durable, long-lasting, and fun dog toy with several uses, check into the pet safe busy buddy barnacle. <laughs> the upcoming episode, Brian opens a mystery mind seed poster pack was recorded on April 19th, 2018 through random chance. Brian opened up three mystery mind seed posters. The first one is graduation, identify the footprints of man. What's pretty neat is Brian, it's kind of funny, we got Brian and Brian. Brian opened up three posters in the last episode, episode seven, and he too opened the graduation one 
which talks about identify the footprints of man. And it's neat to hear the different perspectives. That's the core of these posters. Not about right and wrong and good and bad and what it is, but what do people perceive? What is seen? What is noticed from each individual perspective? So it's pretty neat to compare the two. The second poster is subconscious modification. And the saying is, paranoia is a subconscious message that variables in your existence require modification. This quote was constructed, I believe, in 2014. This was before I knew about the you thing. And I misused the word you. It appears sometime around 2015 was when I stopped misusing the word you. So the newer series of posters do not have the word you, but the older series do. So it's kind of neat to see my own evolution within this project. The third one is own best friend. The quote is, be an adventurer, be your own best friend, respect all forms of life. For the show notes, three little tidbits. Number one, solo time within a relationship promotes growth. Brian and I talk about how we enjoy doing our own thing sometimes. And in particular, he wanted to go on an adventure and I wanted to stay home and work. And we allow each other to do our own things and have respect for the individualities between us. And that's one of the reasons why our relationship has lasted. It's because we can be individuals and then also a couple. The second, Yeti has an itch. (laughs) Yeti was in the room when we recorded and there's a couple minutes where he's got an itch and he makes some weird noises and (laughs) it's just some fun background things. Oftentimes I like to engage in the present moment, whatever that may be within a recording. And on this episode, it was Yeti has an itch. And the third is value of adventure. How a sense of adventure is a precious gift. It's something that cleanses the mind and soothes the soul. For announcements, welcome new listeners. Visit 3h2humans.org to read more about 3h2humans. Check out Season 1, Episode 8 and Season 1, Episode 9, Pish Posh Words Feedback to hear Leonardo's response to harsh criticism. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that was a doozy. Um, I go over criticisms of the Pish Posh Words book. And I did this for many reasons. Some of the main reasons, number one, because I wanted to address the feedback. If someone's gonna tell me something, I want to ingest, reflect, and modify whatever that information is. Because if I 
only absorb happy things people say or only absorb negative criticisms, then I'm missing out. Thus, I engage with all kinds of feedback, whether it's good or bad or right or wrong, because those are false constructs. And because I have this perspective, I'm able to learn and grow. (laughs) And I listened to the episodes recently and I think it's a great argument. I, uh, I defend my position in many instances and others I say, yes, this part sucks or yes, this was poorly written. And that exercise was one of the most helpful chunks of critical thinking I've done in the last few years. And it was someone who seemingly wanted to knock me down. He said things like, I had no right to say what I was saying and to modify content with my perspective because I'm the expert and just a lot of pish posh, arrogant statements that I was able to turn into something positive. And that's what we as humans have a choice. If there's a troll or a negative Nancy or someone wanting to sink our dinghy, we as humans get to choose, are we gonna let this knock us down or build us up? And I chose to let it build me up. So check that out. Want to play the mystery mind seed game and possibly record a show like Brian did in this episode? Send an email to info at 3h2humans.org if in the Carlsbad area of Southern California in May 2018. So I will be in Southern California. Any listeners out there who want to meet and look at a poster pack and record an episode and have some fun, let me know. I've got quite a few blocks of time in my schedule dedicated to recording. So whether that's just Mustachio and I recording or recording with someone else, we are open to infinite possibilities and open arms to those who are curious about consciousness present moment reality, conscious communication, all that fun stuff. (laughs) Also, we will hard mail a free set of Mystery Mind Seed posters to several listeners. Simply request a set. Last month, we did not post an episode. I think that's the first month we've missed during an active season in a long time, if ever. And the reason is because instead of posting a radio show, we posted a video. (laughs) It is the debut of 3H2Humans in video format. Check out Solitaire Vows on YouTube to witness Leonardo's video debut. It's a quick three-minute video. This quick three-minute video took 35 takes. 
<laughs> I'm so used to recording audio where it doesn't matter what I look like and if I mess up a word, I can just edit it out. It's much easier for me to do audio than video because on video, if I screw up a word or do something that I would prefer not to be doing, <laughs> or if I have a whoopsie, it's much more difficult to edit on video, especially given I'm new to video. So when I was doing the takes, if the lighting was off or there was a background noise, or if I messed up a word or was too far out of the frame, then I would reshoot the whole video. Luckily, it was only a three minute video, so it's nice and quick. <laughs> okay, I'm back. <laughs> Brian was kind enough to use the blower to clean the backyard. He didn't know I was recording, so I need to scuttle along. But Solitaire Vows, it's a poem I'd been working on for 10 plus years. As a teenager, I wrote a lot of poetry. And then in my 20s, kind of phased into reflection writing. And I came across Solitaire Vows and stuck it on the wall. And then when it was time to do a video, I thought, huh, I'll give Solitaire Vows and quick edit, which took a couple days, <laughs> and then posted it. The poem is about a vision that I had. And once I released the video and pushed publish, a huge weight was lifted. It was as though I let that poem go and I let those visions go. And now I'm able to work on something else and wrap up the intro for May's episode. So check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, another reason why we did a video was because people have been asking me to do a video and have wondered what I look like beyond photos, how I appear on camera. That's something that many people in the consciousness realm do is they have videos and I like to watch videos when I analyze a speaker that's one of the things I do is I look is there a video can I see what this person looks like when they speak so now I have that <laughs> now listeners can see Mustachio and I in action so that is solitaire vows on YouTube Gratitude for those who support the show. Our online store is closed. We have not been real present on the internet the last couple months. Uh, we're hoping to reopen the store in July, the end of summer. But for now, we do accept donations. That's one of the ways 3H2Humans keeps going, is through donations. 
people who want to contribute and help a friend. (laughs) All right, Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. Greetings! Today is April 19th, 2018, here in Radical Roseville. Today, Mustachio and I are joined by Brian and Yeti. Hello! How are you folks on this fine day? (laughs) We're good. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys uh, went for a walk a little bit ago? Yes. We frolicked through the wildflowers. They're starting to bloom now. Behind us, we have a big, I don't know what it is. It's like a marsh where a bunch of birds are. It's like a beltway, I think. I don't know what they're called. But anyway, and all the wildflowers are blooming and Yeti frolics and smells things and chases rabbits. There's a lot of rabbits this morning. Weird. I have not uh, seen a rabbit. You haven't? Not here, no. If you go this way by the trees, there's a whole bunch of them. And they got really long ears. Like the ears are as long as their body and they're black tipped on top. We used to have like little field rabbits up in the old country. I want to call it the old country. (laughs) Volcano's the old country. We used to have like little ones, you know, but their ears weren't very big. And the ones here like... Maybe a jackrabbit? Does that sound... I don't know much about rabbits. I think so. I think they are jackrabbits. And I've seen a coyote, a crane. There was a hawk mm-hmm. in our backyard going after field mice. There is an array of wildlife in the area nearby. Mm-hmm. A lot of birds. We like watching birds, so it's been fun. This morning, actually, we were right outside the gate, and Yeti was smelling in the bush like normal. and. I moved a little closer to see what he's smelling because otherwise I just stand there. And two pheasants were probably six feet from us and they're burrowed in their little thing. And they both flew out and they spooked Yeti and I. (laughs) I was like, oh, we got a bird dog and we're both skittish. (laughs) That was cool. There's a lot of ducks and the cranes are cool because we we never really saw cranes. But I like their little long legs. Yeah, there's an abundance of wildlife. Mm -hmm. And now we are here in the 3H2 headquarters. Mm -hmm. Beautiful beautiful sunny day out, California spring. I tell you what, I really do enjoy the spring here. The rain isn't that cold, but I like the rain and I like all the little wildflowers that pop up. It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's a little wildflower sitting right here in front of me that just popped up. Yeah, Yeti? <laughs> you're that blood, you're a wildflower. <laughs> For today's show, we will go over a listener challenge, which is help a friend, a thought seed barnacle, a thought seed zest and mystery mind seed posters. Brian will select a random packet from the bundle of 
five. So for the listener challenge, help a friend. Brian is doing this listener challenge right now. He's helping a friend. So tell me, how does it feel to help a friend? It feels wonderful. <laughs> I like when you laugh and smile and it's fun. So here we are. And I brought the trusty steed too. And why do you feel it's important to help friends? Why do I think it's important? I don't know. I, for me, it make it allows me to feel better. I like helping people, and I usually I do, and I don't ask for things in return. It's weird not having a truck. Like I used to always help move and stuff with my truck, and I enjoy that. Or even it doesn't even have to be a friend; it's just someone. Helping people feels good, and it helps people. Sometimes people, I, I know, I'm too proud to ever ask for help, but helping other people, I think, gets me over that. Well, what about when people do ask for help? If mm -hmm. they say, hey, I need help. That's a bit more of what I was thinking for this listener challenge. Okay. Is to become consciously aware of loved ones, family members, those who need help. Whether they boldly say, hey, I need help. Or if there's a struggle that is witnessed where some help can be sprinkled on top. That was my vision for this listener challenge, to really be heads up and help people. Okay. And I feel like that's what you're doing today. This is the three year anniversary of the show. Woo! <laughs> yeah! Woo! <laughs> and uh, it's nice to have a friend here with uh, Mustachio and I. So that's what this, this week is about, is observing where there is a need and filling it. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, helping people, helping friends and noticing, you know, that they need help and, and going out and doing it. Go team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the listener challenge, help a friend. The first thought seed is barnacle. So, Brian and Yeti, tell me about this barnacle thing. What is it? It's a dog toy. Well, I'm sure it can be used for many things, but we <laughs> use it for a dog toy. I think it's intended as a dog toy. It's a purple rubber hard chew toy that's got, it's like three spheres, different size that are connected, but there's a hole in the middle with like these little prongs so you can put treats in and it's hard to get the treats out, but Yeti loves it. He'll, I mean, we can't give him the stuffed animals and everything. Why is that? Because he tears them up in about three minutes. Tops. <laughs> Top. he, he's got a knack for finding the weak point of anything and exploiting it as quickly as possible. And like uh, the basketball. I bought him a basketball because he likes to play with basketballs. And not even two minutes into playing with it, he's already got teeth. He's already trying to tear it apart. So the barnacle is a very sturdy chew toy but it also it bounces funny so when we throw it he likes the weird bounces but then at night you can put we put peanut butter in the little circles and he can sit there for hours and try and get all the peanut butter out because his tongue's a lot bigger than the hole but he, he he's persistent so the barnacle has been we've gone through a lot of toys because tennis balls and barnacles seem to be um he doesn't chew tennis balls up, he just kind of mouths them. 
But barnacles, those are the ones that like he can consistently have and not destroy. And how much damage have you seen him do to a barnacle? Zero. <laughs> yeah. There's not even teeth marks. They're like perforated around the the sphere. So I think when he chews his little, his sharp teeth slip into there. Because the other toys, I think he'll just keep chewing in those sharp giant teeth. I don't know what they're called. Canines? Are they called canines? The big ones. They puncture. And then that's where he usually exploits his weakness. And then once they puncture, then he nibbles on it and pulls it apart. But the barnacle, I think, is perfect. Uh, not perfectly, but it is a very well-designed dog toy for a dog that enjoys chewing on things. I agree. And a little bit ago, I went on a bit of a barnacle binge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I purchased about four of them. And then put them all over the house and one in the backyard so that no matter where Yeti was, if he got the zoomies and needed to run around and chew on things, there was a toy around and we could throw the barnacle and play with him. I figured the easier playing with him is for us, the more likely we are to do it. Mm -hmm. And do you think the barnacle extravaganza from a couple months ago has worked? Yes, I think it's awesome. The The best part is if I get the barnacle and throw it, and there's another barnacle <laughs> next to it, he gets he picks up one barnacle, and then looks at the other, and then drops it, and then picks up that one. He goes back and forth. He gets confused because <laughs> there's so many barnacles. And that first day when all six or whatever were in the room, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. And that is the Thought Seed Barnacle. A durable chew toy for large and small dogs. Uh, my brother and his wife have a little French bulldog and we purchased a teeny tiny little barnacle and it's so cute to see him to see Buster with the teeny tiny barnacle and then Yeti with the extra large barnacle. So it's although I think he's a large I think there is one size that's bigger. He's either large or extra large. Barnacles come in many sizes. If there's pet owners out there, I don't know how much cats like chewing on things, but for dogs, if you throw the barnacle because it's their shape weird, they take weird hops, and I think the dog seems to like that because it's unpredictable, but it, it works on his reflexes. So he's getting pretty good at catching weird bounces. Oh, this kind of like me. I'm a... a weird bounce? <laughs> yeah. Where it's gonna go next? Yes. Also known as a fart in a skillet. Yeah. Yes. I believe the barnacle and I share many traits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Thought Seed Zest, which is a vegan restaurant that Brian has frequented in the last couple weeks. So say a little bit about Zest. Zest is a restaurant in Rockland, which is adjacent to Roseville. It's like the same city, I think. I don't know, I don't know how that works, but it... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a robot. It, uh, the food goes, yeah, belly, yum, yum. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> just like a little personality. Okay. Well, I'm like, trying to think. I know, but you're not a robot. You're a human. Like personality, a little have a little zest in your robot land. So zest is a <laughs> restaurant. You have to start over. <laughs> I remember you're you're fun. You're. I know. Just okay. <laughs> but try and tell me how I am. Well, on the last the Hood River one, you sound a little bit robotic. Okay. So I'm just. This is a fun so, conversation. Wait, you have to start once I stop. <laughs> okay. So Zest is a restaurant. Lynn likes the food there, so I go there and pick her stuff up and bring it home. It's a vegan restaurant, and they have, well, one, I think it's only all vegan restaurant I've been to. Usually people have options, but this whole menu is vegan. It's got a lot of good stuff. She gets this thing called a Prada Bowl, which is just... It looks like a slurry of, <laughs> she loves it, of good stuff. Um, I don't know what's in it, but it's like superfoods and stuff. So, in the wraps they have there, are they're like the size of my forearm. And I got, <laughs> I've got big arms. They're giant. So, it's kind of cool to see because usually the vegan and options are like artistic where it's like bite size. And then they put a bunch of sauces and stuff to make it look good. And it's just, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that. So this is just a good, hearty, vegan meal. And there's a bunch of options. And they've got a bunch of desserts. So Lynn's been getting cheesecake, but it's not really cheesecake. It's non-dairy cheesecake. So it's made of something. And she seems to like it. So. And you had the tacos. What did you think yeah, of them? Yeah, they're chickpea tacos. They were really good. The chickpeas were um, almost like a... Uh, refried bean. We do what's called salty balls. So we do garbanzo beans and then bake them with olive oil and salt. So I like my garbanzo beans dry, but it was good. It was just really messy, but there's huge portions. It's funny because every time I've been in there too, it's packed. Like all the tables are pretty much filled. Staff's friendly. It's like a little cafe thing. And I'm very grateful that are you... Are you? <laughs> One more time? We're recording, remember? Yeah. You're what? Yeah. Hold on, I gotta sit and get a little closer. What was that? Yeah. I'm grateful that you have been going on these little adventures when Brian runs errands, I'll ask him to swing into the, the vegan restaurant and... Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised with each trip. It's funny because she says adventures. I go to like four stores. <laughs> I go to Bel Air to get groceries. I go to Lowe's to get stuff for the house. And I go to Zest. <laughs> and I fill up the gas tank at Shell. <laughs> so I've got about, I got, when she says adventures, I go to four places. <laughs> Except I, I am going to bring this up. It's not on the agenda, but. I was very excited. I went to my first flea market. Oh, that's right. This last weekend. Um, I've had a hankering to go, and so I was like, oh, I'll just drive by and see. And I got into the line to get into the flea market, and I didn't realize that, like, I thought it was just going to be a big parking lot, but in this line with another 200 people, <laughs> I got kind of trapped because once you're in, you're, there's no leaving. And then the, it's like four lanes wide to get in this giant parking lot. I paid four bucks to park, and I've never been to a flea market, and it was awesome. They had the produce, which is essentially a farmer's market, 
was about six times the size of any farmer's market I'd been to. And it was all oranges and... We got oranges and yeah. we made our... Orange juice. Signature orange juice. Yeah, we got a juicer, so we had fresh oranges. And it tastes, I mean, to me it tastes a whole lot different than store-bought orange juice. Because all it is is oranges. There's no additives. Because we don't have orange trees in Washington and oranges are not cheap. But here, I bought two like giant grocery sacks full for three dollars <laughs> so i was pretty excited about that and then i went and bought some fine drapery oh wow that it, it looked at the place i bought it it looks a lot different than when i hung it up when i hung it up it had like beads and like shiny beads and stuff on it and lynn just started laughing right because I was pretty disappointed, but at the same time, it was funny. They were definitely flea market blinds. They didn't look it. They looked normal there. And they had just a bunch of booths selling hand tools and CDs. And um, there's a couple booths that sold, like, old video game cartridges for, like, SNES. And pretty much just about, I think, anything you wanted to find, you, I bet people could find at the flea market. And they had a kids section where they had inflatable, they had a like inflatable pool and then like bubble boy bubbles, but they throw the kids in the bubbles and then push them around in the pool so the kids <laughs> float and they're dry, but they're in water. It was crazy. I'm so glad you were able to experience a California flea market. Yes. And what's the name of the flea market? Um, Daniel's, Daniel something. I don't remember. Or what are some... I want to say Daniel's Flea Market. What are some quantifying... Is it in the city of Roseville? Yeah, it's in Roseville. They call it the Sacramento Flea Market, but it's in Roseville. And it's um, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's the main street by it? Foothills and... Foothills and... I don't know. Remember the north-south. What's the one Bel Air's on? I want to say Foothills and Junction is what Baseline? Comes. No, Baseline, it's it's south of Baseline. It's Junction, or I think Junction. Okay, so Foothills, southish area. Vineyard. Vineyard and um, Foothills. Okay. Do you remember the cross streets for the flea market? Foothills and... <laughs> Something about field. Vineyard. <laughs> the cross streets for the flea market. <laughs> Cross streets for the flea market are Vineyard and Foothills. Great. And do you recommend it for folks who are looking for a interesting adventure? I do. And there's a lot of families. I think it, it looked like a great place to take kids because there's like a petting zoo with a bunch of like farm animals. But like it, <laughs> it was cool. They had pigs about the size of, they were small. They look like rabbits, but they're pigs, and there's just a bunch of kids petting them, and there's goats, and Aww. all sorts of stuff. So, I recommend it. The one thing, though, that I'm a little disappointed that I don't get to attend, but it's okay, there'll be future ones. On Saturday, they have luchador wrestling, and they had the craziest flyer. There's a guy that dresses up, luchador guy that dresses up like Spider-Man, so I imagine he does flips and stuff. But I imagine it's going to be fun. So anyway, the flea market. I know that wasn't on there, but I had to. I needed to talk about the flea market. I'm glad you did. 
That was a very synchronistic day for us. While you were out adventuring at the flea market, doing what you wanted to do, I was able to stay home and work on 3H2Humans and prepare things that I feel like I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I really like about our relationship is that we're in tune with our needs. You needed to get out and have fun and go on an adventure, and I needed to stay home and become at peace with certain things. Mm -hmm. We were able to do our independent activities and then come together and enjoy each other more because our needs were met. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, a funny dynamic is you're perfectly content just staying in our little domicile and this is like your sanctuary and you like just being here and doing things and I need to get out and adventure and see different things and I get stir crazy um, if I sit too long. So yeah, it worked out well. But that's just a dynamic that we have and it works. And similar to seasons and the sun set and rise, it goes through stages. And then there's sometimes I want to go on an adventure and you need cave time and you want to just kind of play video games and hang out and do chores around the house or do woodcraft. And mm -hmm. that's another thing I like about our relationship is that it's like seasons. We go through our changes. Sometimes they're at the same time mm -hmm. and sometimes they're not. And whether they are or are not the same, we're still flexible with each other's needs. I agree. We have a, a stare down right now. I don't know what to say and she's waiting for something for me to stay. It's like an Old West. I heard the, the typical Old West going in the background in my head. Uh oh. Who's going to draw first? Oh, that's one thing that really was alluring about you when we first met is you could handle my stare downs. Mm -hmm. Very few people are, have intense eye contact like you and I. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Lynn said I had intense eyes. I had that a couple times, people tell me I've been, because my eyes get really big and they're round. <laughs> yes. So when, I, when I'm interested, like my eyes kind of open and I get told I have intense eyes. You do. We both do. Mm -hmm. Yours are more regular shaped. I agree with you. I think yours are more intense in the physical world and mine are more intense in the mental world. Yeah, and people don't make eye contact like you do. I guess me, because I've learned from you. Yeah. <laughs> I'd avoid, I mean, before I met Lynn, I don't, I rarely have eye contact with anybody. I was always looking off into the woods or pondering I, I always listened but i just wasn't watching the person and so lynn really hammered it home that i need to do eye contact so now i do and sometimes it makes people uncomfortable but also it could show people it shows me sometimes who's mentally stronger so yes. I get into it. <laughs> sometimes when i'm agitated with someone and you look them in their eyes and all of a sudden they back down for what they're feeling because there's an actual person in front of them rather than this conversation that they have in their head that seems a lot more perfect without a, a real human being because I think I don't know society's moving towards where people hide behind their keyboards and social media and people can fire off whatever they want without repercussion so 
to actually have someone staring right back at you through you as you talk I think is a sorry is someone stares right at me I used you I caught myself so yes and you brought up a big point because I think what helped with your eye contact is you like to be the alpha and so do I and you and I constantly struggle for power mm -hmm. and I told you one time oh I'll make eye contact with someone and you know the weaker person looks away first and yeah you told me that yeah. I was like wait that's a thing fuck this yeah. <laughs> and I find myself looking yeah. staring at people and I, yes. that was bright gaze yeah and that's one thing I do is I usually look at someone until they break gaze mm -hmm. and sometimes it gets weird and mm -hmm. uncomfortable but to me it's a mental exercise uh -huh. and for me some of my favorite times in life are when it gets weird and uncomfortable that's when the fun stuff happens because it's humans being humans are weird every single human I've ever met is weird and 95% of them are weird like behind closed doors but when people get weird together it's fun it's really fun it's yeah uh, getting weird is fun I agree with you and I think that's another reason why we get along so well is sometimes we just we just do our weird things together I agree with you uh, and it's fun to have you with me as a partner for millions of reasons but I like when it's you and I and we get to be weird but then it's kind of like we're a team so all of this stuff and interaction and worlds going on around us but it feels like it's just you and I and everything is there for our amusement so when it gets weird and we're together it's a lot of fun because it's like we're a team and we get to experience the weird shit together and you don't shy from it neither do I and so it gets it gets fun yeah it's almost like a fantasy land like a, a video game that's kind of how I view the super mental and getting weird with someone and joining consciousness for me that stimulates a similar pleasure as playing a game because it feels like a game mm -hmm. where there's infinite possibility I can do whatever I want and experience life in ways that are so far beyond the mundane mm -hmm. that's a good point far beyond the mundane because everyone has chores and a job and has to go grocery shopping and clean toilets and mop the floor but I mean just look at how people I guess spend their time or how I spend it like if I watch a movie I'm not gonna watch a movie where people are doing chores and going grocery <laughs> shopping that's boring I want to watch movies where it gets fucking weird like the first one that pops on my mind is Big Lebowski that guy all he wanted was his rug but boy he got into a, a pickle and so when I get life gets weird like that it, it's fun it's yeah well lucky for us it's just about to get weird is it <laughs> yeah. let's get weird with it Thank all right you. there are five poster packets here mm -hmm. I remember packaging these you packaged these I helped you yeah what, what were you packaging them for distribution any event in particular the launch party the what launch party the grand opening yes <laughs> launch party <laughs> yeah. 
I want this one. <laughs> that one? Mm -hmm. Okay. And for all the listeners out there, I just want to say that even though Yeti is not speaking, he is happy to be here. He's laid down. He wants to wish everybody health, happiness, and a humble perspective as well. And that he hopes that everyone gets lots of walks and sniffs in their life. Yeah, that's right, because Yeti is an empath. Would you agree that Yeti's an empath? Yeah, he feeds off emotions very well. I mean, he doesn't understand English because he's a dog, but just by being around people, he knows what kind of mood they're in, and it kind of dictates how he acts. So if things are tense, he kind of shies away or comes in, and if people are sad, he comes and gets pets. And But if it's a happy dance time, he gets happy dancey too. Synchronistic about that is... After the grand opening, uh, it was a little tough for me because I consider the grand opening not to be quite the success in the way that I had hoped. It was successful in different ways, but there very few people came and it was very bumpy. And I remember I sat on the couch and I just started crying and sobbing and Yeti came over, jumped up on the couch sat on top of me and then licked my face and it just i started laughing and he didn't just sit next to me he knew i was in pain and he needed to just smash the pain out like distract me and it was incredibly comforting to have yeti comfort me when i was grieving what i viewed as a failure for those of you that don't know yeti he's not a very licky he doesn't come up and jump up and he's not a lap dog. He wants his space. If he's on the couch, he'll push you away. <laughs> he doesn't lick. I don't think he ever learned licking. So when he does, it's, it's, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why he's so special is because he understands when somebody needs a lick. When it's, uh, when someone needs him, he comes. He's an empath. He, he understands. He's a good boy. He just perked up. Like, he's a good boy? I'm a good boy. <laughs> All right. Opening. So first, what is this? This is a poster pack. It's got three random posters Lynn had made, and they're very well done. And um, outside is cardboard to keep them all together. So I am currently an opening, kind of. <laughs> da, 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 da. And the first poster is. It's a little. It was a little too loud. But... Okay. That was a little too loud, everybody. I apologize. <laughs> the first. The first poster is. Da, 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 da. See, watch, watch that. Say, say it one more time. And the poster is da, 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 da. that seems okay. That's great. Yes. Okay, so okay. we got it. My sound done. I'm gonna quit fidgeting. Yes, and we're gonna take it from the top and flip it back over, just like you did it again. But just remember, keep your voice at a constant range. All right. So now we are opening the first. One more time. <laughs> All right. You have to wait till I stop laughing because it is gonna be laughing on that. All right, now we are opening the first poster. All right, it is a pink backdrop with looks like wallpaper. It says graduation 12312. 
to 2, 16, 12. 24 days. And there's a picture of Lynn's favorite pier in Ballard. It's uh, got beer cans smashed between because I think a lot of people go down there and drink on the pier and look at the ocean. And I really like this picture because the ocean's one of my favorite places. And even though this this is like in the bay or the sound, so it doesn't have the waves, but it still looks like ocean water. It's got that green, really dark. I don't know, maybe it's just because that's the, the, the ocean I'm used to. I don't go to tropical place. I only went to the tropical place once, but so I'm not used to like crystal clear water. I'm used to like green gray ocean. I think it's awesome. So there's the pier and it's kind of rainy because that's Seattle. And the bottom says, identify the footprints of man. How does the phrase identify the footprints of man relate to that picture? The footprints of man is probably all the beer cans smashed between the pier. <laughs> There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 beer cans in this picture. I mean, they could be soda, but I'm going to go play odds on this. Is usually people don't drink soda, smash the soda cans flat and shove them between a pier. That's more of a something that happens once people are drinking beers. <laughs> Whereas maybe in the past, the footprints would be in sand and there'd be real footprints. The new age footprints are beer cans smashed in lovely places, which kind of is disappointing. <laughs> I mean, I would like to enjoy this pier 50 years from now, but if people keep smashing beer cans and putting them there, they'll probably shut it down and put a fence in front of it and then it's ruined for everybody, which seems to happen. But that's just the growing population. But what can people do to hinder that fence from going up and a blockage from public use? What can people do on a daily basis to prevent that? Recycle your beer cans or throw them away, I mean. So you're saying something simple. Instead of smashing the beer can in between wood on a pier, maybe mm -hmm. toss it in a recycle bin. Even if they crumbled it up and just threw it on the ground <laughs> it would be easier to clean up these things are wedged i don't like it would take effort for someone to get that out and i don't think anyone cares enough about it to get these beer cans out so just leave piles and then someone will sweep them into a big garbage receptacle and you know that's a good point until you mentioned it i hadn't really thought about what does that pier look like today because what year? That was 2012? Mm -hmm. So that was a couple years ago. I mean, maybe there's no beer cans now, or maybe it's filled with beer cans. Who mm -hmm. knows? Yeah, I could see this getting cleaned up, though. Hey, if anyone is in the Ballard area and would like to snap a picture of the pier, which is... It was right... The Deadliest Catch ship was there for a while, right? Didn't you say... Oh, you just... Oh. You just had a face. Oh, what was that? What's the face? You mean the Northwestern? Remember, those are the ones that took off. That's all right. It worked out for the best. I had a job on a tender, like in between my freshman and sophomore year of college. Guy I played rugby with, worked on the tender. Can you first explain what that is? what's a tender? Tender is the boat, the deadliest cat. It was the Northwestern. So I was talking to Edgar... Sig's brother, he's always on the show, and I was supposed to meet them there some morning. I mean, I'd been talking to him, and 
So I called him up the day before and said that I was excited and to get on the road and I'll see him tomorrow morning. And he said they found someone else and they'd already taken off to Alaska. <laughs> so I went back to digging ditches for the summer. Uh, stripping insulation off boilers, which was fine because the next year I got a job on a gill netter. So I got to actually do the fishing. Because the, the tenders in the summer during salmon season... They just wait until fish or the boats come and drop their fish off. They're essentially like a middleman for the canneries or whatever they do. So they take the fish, weigh it, so the fishermen can get paid. But then they just put them, because their boats are like 90 times bigger than everyone, so they just dump all the fish and hold it. So it would have been a lot of just sitting around probably. But at the same point, it probably was good because I probably would have liked it and quit college and became a commercial crab fisherman and then, because of the money and then I wouldn't have met Len and we wouldn't have been sitting here talking so everything works for a reason so when you say the the deadliest catch <laughs> boats were there yeah but I mean was it do I remember that I thought I took you to the pier and you said there was a boat there or there's probably a couple okay. so when it, they come down to Seattle for repairs and stuff yeah anyway and that's that picture <laughs> Can you flip it over? There's more. Remember, we got a lot of each one. <laughs> All right. In the back of it is the view of Spokane, kind of. Yeah. From the bridge house. This was Lynn's interpretation of the bridge house. It's got a bird feeder and plants and a bunch of flowers and the big tree. Those in the front yard. And before they built the condos, we could see downtown. And there's a fox theater and spokesman review and Q6 even though they're not next to each other that's how Lynn interpreted it that's okay <laughs> so wait you're saying it's not geographically accurate it's not but it's close enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's got the little path I dug out remember there's that path and Lynn wanted to clear to walk so I did that and then the owner came over and asked what I was doing clearing this go away there's a vegetable garden the raised planter beds I built I built those there and the next place that's right. You've built raised planter beds for us to have gardens at two houses. Yeah. You probably need them here, too. So, yeah. And then it says diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow in the tree. And it looks really... This is a good, this is a good drawing. This one was my favorite. Okay, okay. That's the poster number one. Poster number two. This one is a picture of a bench with cherry blossoms in Pullman, it looks like. Not Pullman. Oh. Moscow? No. Okay, I don't know where it's at. It's a place your sister hangs out around. Oh, University of Washington? Gotcha. The campuses in Washington all have old, really old brick buildings. Both WSU and UW, they're really pretty and ornate. Um, and this one has an old weathered wood bench. And so it's a close-up of the arm. And then there's one with the big tree. But it's when it's blossoming, so it's all pink and flowery. It's cool. But <laughs> the words say paranoia is a subconscious message that variables in your existence require modification. Paranoia is a subconscious message that 
variables in your existence require modification. <laughs> Would you say that's slightly different than identify the footprints of man? Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh. So what what does that mean? Paranoia is something that goes, and I think what it means is paranoia is something that happens on a subconscious level from people, like something that happens without processing, that something in your life needs to change, and then you won't have paranoia. So in that regard, do you think paranoia could be something beneficial for a person? Yeah, I think it's a biological response too for flight or flight. So if I'm in the woods at night and I'm all paranoid, then maybe there's something in the woods that I don't want to be around. So then what would you do? When you get a sense of paranoia, how do you act? Or what, what do you do with that sense I of... I hide under the covers. <laughs> I put covers over my head. <laughs> Wait for it to pass. <laughs> then all is good. You okay? <laughs> the back of it. Ooh, this one doesn't have a picture. What three variables in my existence are filled with nonsensical fear? Challenge and overcome them. Confront the beast. Grab the horns and go for a ride. You will be successful. Let faith change the spirit through health, happiness, and humbled, I should say, perspective. But Oh, it's got this, the frog stamp. I like the frog stamp. Levelin, 3h2humans.com, Pullman, Washington. And what's the date on that one? 829.12 at the studio. Uh, what's that first? What three variables in your existence are filled with nonsensical fear? Len. <laughs> they all have to do with Len. I'm not scared of anything in life but her. And I'm terrified of her. <laughs> so are you saying your list would go as follows? Number one, Len. Number two, Len. Number three, Len. Yes, all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Are there any other fears that you feel maybe nonsensical? No. <laughs> no, not scared of a whole lot. No, just Len. <laughs> Depends on what her mood is and what we're learning that day and what new program we need to jump on or get left behind or... Yeah. Okay. And then what's the second part? Challenge and overcome them. Confront the beast. Grab the horns and go for a ride. I agree with you. I grab your horns and go for a ride a lot. That's my life. Because it gets weird. And I like that. Tying it back to earlier. It gets weird and we have fun. Laugh a lot. All right. Third poster. Oh, I like this one. This is one of my favorites. This has a fish ladder. There's a picture of a fish ladder where the fish swim up to get upstream because Washington is full of hydroelectric dams. Uh, there's an absolute buttload of rivers and I don't know, after World War II where they had the US Army Corps come out, they dammed just about <laughs> everything in Washington, but power's cheap. The fish don't like it, apparently. You know what's funny? Um, I didn't realize that until like a coming together of you mentioning it how there's tons of dams in washington and then also when we went to the 
Cooley Dam Laser Light Show. That was cool. And it talked about all the dams and how it affected the ecosystem beyond just getting power, that there was another side to all this dam building, mm -hmm. like the fish. What are the, the salmon going to do? How are they going to migrate when there's a dam? Mm -hmm. And it seems fish ladders were a solution to that. Mm -hmm. And then there's a picture of two fish. If you go to dams and they have a fish ladder, most of the time they'll have a viewing port for kids and I mean, I, I looked at them, but mo now it's for adults. I would, well, it's for everybody, but I love them because I like to watch the fish. And so there's a picture of the fish in a little viewing port. So there's a good-looking salmon. And Looks like a silver. Have you been to this particular locks? Is it the locks? In Ballard. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I, well, Dad and Mom have taken us a bunch of times. I would say six or seven. We used to go. That was... We didn't go on family vacations, really. Uh, once every four years, we'd go somewhere big. But once a year, we'd always go to Seattle and watch a game. And... Oh, Yeti's up. <laughs> oh. He's got an itch. Hold on. We'll zoom in a minute. He's very calculated with the scratching. Oh. Well, see, he got the spot. Then he goes to town. <laughs> oh, it's okay, Yellows. It's okay, Yellows. Oh, you got a real bad itch. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Oh, can you cut that sound bite and put it inside <laughs> of him yawning? <laughs> yeah. All right, so the locks. Yes, I like the locks. And when I lived in Ballard, that was one of my hangouts. And there was a garden area. I would jog down to the locks and the ocean side, down to that pier. I... So to, and to explain the locks to people who don't understand, it's the river and the ocean are different levels because the ocean's tide goes in and out. So in order to overcome that, there's a big like concrete channel that boats, because one's higher than the other, but the boats boat into this channel and then both sides shut. So they're in like a big trough and then they either pump water in or pump water out to get to the different levels of the ocean. And I don't think it's a river on the other side, but the sound or whatever. So it's a way to elevate or adjust levels. So people can go freely between the two. So that's a lock. It's a great explanation. And it is kind of fun to go watch. So if it's someone has kids or whatever, it's a good family thing. Because you get to go watch boats go up and down. and It's cool. And there's big boats. There's like tugboats. And there's like ocean boats. And then there's people in their bay liner. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of different <laughs> yeah. boats. Like anything you can imagine mm -hmm. is going through the... That's probably a guy in a rowboat at one point. Yeah, it's a little bit similar to the Panama Canal in a sense. A similar theory where large and small vessels go through a cement man-made structure for passage. Lynn's getting a little nasally. <laughs> All right, and then it's the words are, be an adventurer, be your own best friend, and respect all forms of life. So what are your thoughts about that saying? I like that. Be an adventurer. I like that phrase. I like adventures. I think everybody likes it. Well, most people like adventures. So be an adventure, be your own best friend, 
be comfortable with yourself it makes adventures better. People that you know need someone else to go on an adventure with, I think, are missing out on a lot. Adventuring by yourself can be just as rewarding. The one thing I will say that um, I like adventuring with you because I like that shared experience where we can like get weird together. That's what I like. But by myself is cool. But most of the time when I'm by myself, I just think of, I have to tell Lynn this. I, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to send her a picture. That's just me. Oh, what three variables in my existence are filled with nonsensical fear? What are three variables? Lynn. Lynn and Lynn. Go on. <laughs> So back to the be your own best friend, that was another reason why I was allured by you in the beginning is that you and I were both lone wolves. We could go off and do our own thing. We didn't need someone else to validate us or to ask if something's okay or any of that. We just did what we wanted to do and that's what we did. I think that's a big part of being a best friend to oneself. And I misused you in a sense there. Be your own best friend. Yeah, but this was pre before you knew it. Yeah. We'll let it slide this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But okay, and then the last line? Respect all forms of life. You yeah, you should do that, everybody. Respect all forms of life. I don't know who would have a different opinion. Well, I guess there's netters out there that think they're better than other people, but we're all just equal. Everyone's just trying to get along and get through, so respect that. I'm a big proponent of don't tell someone else how to live their life, because I don't want people to tell me. I, I, I mean, if we only have one of these things, I don't want to live it in someone else's model. I'd like to live it the way I'd like to. So I think that comes with a respect. So same with animals. I mean, they're just trying to eat and make other animals and respect that. <laughs> All right, other side of the poster is oh, we're it's a breakdown of the three. <laughs> Be an adventurer. Live with new surroundings among similarity. Live with new surroundings among similarity. I think that has to do with Lynn on her adventure. She has to have her teapot and like 13 days of rations and certain pillows and blankets. So the new surroundings, I think, are the adventure itself. And among similarity, it's like her comforts. I think that's what I, when I read that, that's what I think of. Be your own best friend. If you love yourself, others will magically follow. I agree. Uh, positive, happy people are fun to be around. So people want to surround themselves with that. So if, if someone loves life and loves themselves, then they're fun to be around. And that's something I've noticed with me when I feel like I'm around people who don't love themselves. I recognize ways that I don't love myself. And then I'm able to work on that and become my own best friend because it's a lot more fun to be around people who love themselves and take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Then respect all forms of life. All forms of life are energy and atoms. We are all connected no matter how insignificant some may seem to the naked human eye yeah okay agreed moving on and what's the date on that one 8 29 12 same date as the last one 
and it's signed lynh3h2humans.com and there's a big heart and it says wishing you health happiness humbled yeah that was before i did humble perspective health happiness humbled there's three tenses there happiness health and humbled so past tense for humbled happiness present and health is just a it's a state of being not a past present or future Look at you getting all thinky. All thinky. <laughs> Durr. Is that better? Yeah. Durr. <laughs> all right, so those are the posters. Yeah, that those are the posters, and we want to wish all the listeners out there happy three-year anniversary. Thanks for going on this weird ride with us. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You've been on this ride since the beginning. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And it has been a blast. And I look forward to many more years of fun-filled action and nonsensical fear. (laughs) All right. Mustachio, Brian, Yeti, and I would like to wish everyone... Health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy.